Someone once said, all I ever needed to know, I learned from Noah. Number one, don't miss the boat. Number two, remember that we are all in the same boat together. Number three, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. Number four, stay fit. When you're 600, someone may ask you to do something really big. Number five, don't listen to the critics. Just get on to the job that needs to be done. Number, uh, that was number five, excuse me, number, or number six. Don't build your future on high ground. Number seven, speed isn't everything. The snails were on board even though the cheetahs were too. Number eight, remember the ark was built by amateurs. The Titanic was built by professionals. Number nine, no matter what the storm in your life, when you are with God, there's always a happy ending with a rainbow. Hebrews 11.7 says this about this man, Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, uh, not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. This morning, I want us to study Noah's journey of faith. It took faith on the part of Noah to get on with God, what God wanted him to do. What we read here and what we see here is an environment that was evil and sinful and wicked, as we'll study in our first point this morning. But the story of the, uh, Noah and the ark is well known. We know that at the end of the story, there is happiness that comes with it. God sent the warning of judgment to Noah against sin, against the wickedness of mankind, but yet he gave a clear plan of escape. There was a way out. There was a way that he could avoid the judgment of God. Men and women turned their backs on this. They turned their backs on the Creator God. That's what we see here in these verses. In fact, verses 5 and 6 speak specifically of this. And Noah is given to us as the first living prime example of walking by faith. Look at the end of verse 9. The Bible says Noah walked with God. It's important for us to understand this year as we study and as we ask God to help us walk by faith in our daily lives, that we study and we understand that there are men and women in the Bible who walk by faith. You and I can do the same as they did. This morning, let's study this journey that ended at Mount Ararat that Noah went on. Number one, let's see first the reason for the journey. Why did God set him out on this particular journey? Look with me in verse 5 for the reason for the journey. The Bible says, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The reason for the journey, first of all, was because of corrupt hearts. The word imaginations of the heart is Hebrew. The Hebrew word for imagination applies to the fashioning of pottery. In essence, it is the molding or the shaping of their thoughts. As they conceive thoughts in their minds, as they plan to do certain things, the only thing they could think of was wickedness. That is a, a very condemning statement. Literally every single man, woman, boy and girl in God's estimation and in God's account, their thoughts were not towards Him. They were not towards right or righteousness. Rather, they were towards evil, wickedness, deceit, despair. There was nothing good 
about them. Psalm 14.1 says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Did you know it's no different than today? Today we live in a society, we live in a country, we live in a culture that is only wicked continually. There are pockets. I thank God for our church and our church family and by extension your families that try to live for God and serve Him. But for the vast majority of it, this is a wicked culture. I watched two sporting events yesterday and I heard the chants that came from the crowds. I heard the chants that came from the sidelines. And though I liked both of the teams I was watching, I was very discouraged at the society in which we live. Don't like a foul call in a basketball game? We're allowed to scream profanities. You see, we live in a culture that is, ad- that is absolutely corrupt from the inside out. Noah understood this. The thoughts of their heart and the imagination of their hearts were only evil continually. There was wickedness that was there. The depravity was widespread as well. It was inward and continual. It was a habit that had been formed. In other words, their thoughts, their pattern of life was not good. Oh, I'm sure they thought it was. Can you imagine when preacher Noah came and he said, hey, I'm building an ark. It's going to rain. No, what is rain? Are you a loon? Are you crazy? No, no, it's going to rain. God told me it's going to rain. Well, God didn't tell me that. God didn't say that to me. They didn't listen to Noah because they were so far out of communication with God, they didn't care what God had to say to them. You see, we live in a culture that says they hear from God, that says that they speak on behalf of God, but they violate the words of God. Their thoughts, the intents of their heart are evil. Jeremiah 4 and verse 14 says, Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? The reason for Noah's journey on the ark was because of the corrupt hearts of men. But it's also because of their corrupt lives. Notice in the first part of verse 5, it says, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Wickedness of man was great in the earth. Romans chapter 1, you don't need to turn there, but listen to these verses in Romans chapter 1, verses 24 through 28. In fact, if you come back tonight, we're going through the book of Romans and we're preaching from these uh, tonight. Uh, so there'll be... This is like a commercial for it, if you will. Romans chapter 1, verses 24 to 28 says this, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie. Notice that phrase. God's thoughts towards the corrupt and evil that is around us, that is in the hearts of men, God says He gave them up to that. They have changed the, the truth of God into a lie. And worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen, Paul says. Verse 26, For this cause, for this reason, God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use, uh, to, uh, excuse me, that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their own lusts one toward another. Men with men working with that which is unseemly. You say, Pastor, why are you preaching on that? Because it's in the Bible. You see, we live in a culture, I don't know if you heard New Jersey... They're passing in their state house as we speak this week whether homosexuals are allowed to marry in their state. Massachusetts has already passed it. Vermont has already passed it. California has passed it. Thankfully, the citizens of that state, whatever you think of the citizens of California, 
passed a proposition banning it, and the, the citizens rose up and banned what the courts and the legislators tried to do. We live in a country that is legalizing what God condemns. Now, be very careful if you as a Christian start to say, well, I guess that's okay. I guess it's going to be okay. You see, the lives of the people in Noah's day, the lives that Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 1, these were evil lives that were living it out and then affecting the Christians around them. How is the world affecting you? What wickedness is there out there? Men, how do you guard your eyes? Ladies, how do you guard your heart? The devil knows how to attack each of our our, our particular genders. He knows how to attack our homes. He knows how to attack and drive a wedge in between you. How is corruption playing out in your life? You see, Noah was taking the journey. The reason for his journey was because there was corruptness all around him. And God said he needed to be removed from it. It's interesting as well when you think about the wickedness of mankind. I was reading this statistic this week. One out of every three babies conceived in America is deliberately aborted. There are 1.6 million abortions reported in this country every year. Meaning that since Roe versus Wade was passed in 1973, 57.5 million American babies have been aborted. Think about that. Our total population as a country is 300 million. One-sixth, a little over one-sixth of our total population has been murdered in that time frame. We live in a country that is wicked continually. God help us if we're not living the right kind of life, walking by faith, trusting God, because there are plenty of reasons that you and I ought to consider that the journey Noah went on. We ought to consider he got on that ark. It is, by the way, as we'll see in a a few moments, it is a picture of salvation. You and I have been saved by God's grace through faith to make a difference. To change the culture around us. Well, I'm just going to be one of those passive Christians. I'm just going to sit on my hands and and I can't change the world. No, you can't, but we can. Each one of us living our lives in a holy and godly way before others can make a difference. There was cultural wickedness that was there. In fact, verse 13, look there. God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. There was wars, there was strife, there was murders, there was crime. Violence was the name of the game. Sounds like us. You see, we live in a day that's very similar to Noah's day. It wasn't just a, there wasn't just a reason for the journey. Notice Joan, or Noah's readiness for the journey. Noah was ready, number two. He he was prepared for this journey. It did not surprise him. It did not sneak up on him. When God came and talked to him, he was ready to do it. We often think that the greatest decision of Noah's life was to build the ark. And it was. That was a pretty significant uh, decision. It had never rained before. He had never heard what God was talking about. This had never happened before. The only water he knew was the stuff that God had created. And they knew where that was. And God, you're asking me to build this ark in the middle of this dry land. Why am I doing this? You see, building the ark wasn't the greatest decision of Noah's life. The greatest decision of Noah's life was walking by faith and obeying the commands that God gave to him. Without a a consistent love and obedience to God's leading, the ark would have never floated atop the waves. It wouldn't have. It would have been just trees of gopher wood never cut down if Noah had said, well... 
I know, but I'm just not that kind of guy, God. I, I found grace in your eyes, verse 8 says, but I don't want that much grace. I don't want to get that much religion. I don't want to be that kind of guy. Thank God for mankind that Noah was one who walked by faith with his God. He was ready. Letter A, he was ready because of his walk. Noah was a just man, the Bible says, who walked with God, verse 9. His walk with God displayed a spirit, an attitude, and a character that made him accepted and approved for the most intimate spiritual relationship with his heavenly Father. You see, God looked down, and, and, and if you ask me, was there no one else on the face of the earth that God could have chosen? The answer is God could have chosen anyone. He could have had someone, He could have uh, caused and worked in the lives of someone else and caused them to live rightly. But it was Noah that decided to do so. And in verse 8 we see it was Noah that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. See, God chooses us. We don't choose Him. God puts His hand upon us. We, we don't do anything to earn His favor. That's a wonderful verse, verse 8. Noah was not on the earth saying, Oh, I hope God's looking down at me. <laughs> I hope I'm living right today. I, I hope He's watching. God's always watching, by the way. But as Noah lived and walked the earth, God looked down and said, He is obedient. He is doing what He's supposed to be. Doing Because of his walk, he could make right decisions. You ever feel like uh, you can't do anything right? Well, it might be that you're not walking with God like you should. Well, I didn't come to hear that this morning. You fought the snow. You got here through the midst of it. I saw some of you were, or heard some of you saying we were looking for Bluegrass Baptist Church to scroll across the bottom. By the way, there's two Bluegrass Baptist churches. There's one in Lexington. They may close. Mine will say, I'll put some big thing on there if we close because of snow. You know, sometimes you might say, hey, listen, I, I don't know if I'm making right decisions in my life. A person that's walking with God should never say that. That's condemning to me as much as it is to you. Because there's times in my life I might just stop and say, God, is this really the direction you want me to go? We don't find any of the account in Noah's time. It does not mean that Noah did not question God, but we don't find any of the accounts where Noah said, all right, God, I'm not putting one more peg uh, in there. I'm not putting one more of those planks on that boat until you tell me exactly how this is all going to play out. God told him to do it. Noah walked with God by faith. He went and did it. You see, our lives need to demonstrate this kind of readiness. He was ready because of his walk. John 15, 3 and 4 says this, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. You can't make right decisions. You can't live a godly life. You can't live a pleasing life to God unless you abide in Jesus Christ. Walking by faith. Ready because of his walk, but also ready because of his will. Ready because of his will. Look over in verse 22 of chapter 6. Verse 22. Ready because of his will. You see, your walk is your outward actions. It's the things that are tangible, things that can be seen, things that can be measured. But your will, the intent and the thought of your heart, is what is on the inside. Notice it says in verse 22. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Do you know the biggest problem for most Christians is that when God tells us to do something, our line in our life is not this, so did we. Rather, the line for our life is, so we did our own thing. So I went off my own way. So I chose my own path. 
So I decided to do it how I wanted to do it. You see, Noah said, well, God said it. I'm just going to do it. The Bible doesn't say how Noah negotiated it with his mind. No, it doesn't say that Noah went home and said, all right, Mrs. Noah, here's what God told us to do. Is this okay with you? No. Noah was the leader in the home, and he said, God has called us to do this. God wants us to go this direction. He didn't have to consult with Mrs. Noah. That doesn't mean she wasn't significant. It doesn't mean she wasn't important. But God has given the responsibility of leading to the husband. Bottom line. Spiritual decisions and spiritual leadership need to flow from the husband out to the rest of the family. That's the Bible way. Noah was ready because of his will. He willed to obey God. His decisions were based on what God said. Our biggest hindrance to walking with God is our stubborn will. Roger Staubach led the Cowboys uh, to a world championship in 1971. He admitted that as a quarterback, he didn't call his own signals. And that was a source of trouble for him. He was bothered by this. He said, Coach Landry sent in every single play. He told Staubach when to pass, when to run. Only in emergency situations could Roger Staubach change the play. And as Landry told him, you better be right. Even though Staubach considered Landry to have a genius mind when it came to football, his pride told him that he should be able to run his own team as the quarterback. Later, after his career, Staubach said, I faced up to the issue of obedience. Once I learned to obey, there was harmony, fulfillment, and victory for our team. You know, that really is a good analogy for you and I in the Christian walk. God has a plan and a will for your life. I don't know where it is. My prayer is it's always here in Georgetown. I do pray. I'm absolutely sincere about this. I do believe there's people, either part of this church already that will be, that God might be calling to be a pastor, might be calling to be a missionary. You say, how do you know that? I know that because I was part of a church and God was working in my heart and God called me to be a pastor. Uh, Pastors aren't just born. Uh, God calls them. And so I think that's, that's going to be here. I know there's people that God wants to do ministries here in our church. I know God wants us to grow. I know God wants us to be faithful in our visitation efforts and telling other people about Jesus Christ. The problem is God sends down the signal and we take it and we call an audible. We pull another play out of the bag and we say, well, I, I'm going to run this one, God. I, I know you want me to run that play, but I, this, is, this is a safer one for me. This is more comfortable for me. If we just trust God, there's going to be harmony and there's going to be victory in our lives. Really, uh, we're no different than that quarterback, Roger Stallback. Psalm 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. There is direction when we go to God's word. Psalm 119.42, So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me. The psalmist said, Listen, when somebody comes to me and says, You go to church? Really? You're a Christian? When someone reproaches me, I have an answer. Why? For I trust in thy word. You know, you have all the answers that you need for everything in life if you have this. You have everything that you could possibly need. The Word of God is reliable. It is trustworthy. Noah knew this and succeeded. Oh, he didn't have the Bible. He couldn't go and say, oh, let's see what Noah did. Oh, wait, that's me. But he knew he should trust the Word of God. We have the written Word of God. Noah had the spoken Word of God. There was the reason for his journey because of the corruptness of the land. There was Noah's readiness. His walk and his will was right. But third this morning, there is the result of the journey. What happened because he walked by faith? What will happen for you if you walk by faith? Noah's decision was instrumental in the preservation of the human race. Now, I I don't know about you. I doubt any of us are going to make that big of a decision today. 
Maybe. Maybe you'll do something today that will preserve the whole of the human race. I don't know how significant you are at your job. I don't know what all of us do on a day-to-day basis. Um, I doubt we're going to have such a significant decision to make as Noah did. But you know, in his preservation, he preserved the people. Letter A, there was a preservation of the people around him. Look to verse 14 in Genesis chapter 6. Verse 14 says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without uh, with pitch. I'm in the wrong chapter. Verse 14. Or chapter, or chapter 7. In the self same day entered Noah. That's what I'm looking for. Chapter 7, verse 13. It would help if I typed it right. 7.13. In the self same day entered Noah, and Shem, and Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them, into the ark. God preserved the people because of Noah's faith. I wonder what you can do to help preserve people around you. You see, your faith is observed. Maybe it's by a a sibling. I I remember my sister and I talking. My sister is the most surprised person in the world that her brother is a pastor. I was an ornery kid as a teenager. I was kind of naughty. My sister always says, I'm so glad God used you as a preacher because I don't know what else would have happened to you. You know, maybe there's a sibling that needs to get back to being in a right relationship with God. And maybe you're the one that can do that. You see, Noah, because of his faith and his walk with God, preserved the people around him. You can make an impact on your family. Oh, it's it's hard. (laughs) They see me when I'm not real spiritual, Pastor. I know. My family sees me when I'm not real spiritual as well. They see me when my teens lose, all right? They they see me when I blow my stack a little bit. Uh, My family sees me when I'm not my most spiritual, but they also see my walk with God. Does your family see you walking with God like you ought to? You see, his family was preserved because of his faith. Noah was safe in the ark, and so too was his family. I've often wondered about missionary families. I don't know about you. Uh, I wonder about their safety. Uh, Matt Goins is a missionary of ours. He's on the back wall down in Honduras. Honduras' government is in upheaval. I don't know if you've been following it. Uh, the president tried to stay beyond the Constitution, tried to do things uh, the way he wanted to have them done, and the Congress basically had the president arrested. Imagine that going on here uh, in a country like this. He fled the country, went to another South American country. Uh, he was trying to bring in socialism. And the country as a whole is in significant upheaval. And I've often wondered about Matt and his wife, Delita, and their three boys. How is God going to protect them down there? And then I remember the words of one of my friends who's a missionary in Albania, David Hasselflug. He has seven kids in a war-torn country like Albania. They've got the Slovenian-type people, and they've got uh, some of these uh, Baltic uh, 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 hatreds that go back thousands of years. And I asked David one time, how do you do it? How are you a missionary in such a dangerous field? And he said, man, this is the safest place I could possibly be. If I'm in the center of God's will, it's the safest place I can possibly be. Amen. You see, what happens to so many of us, Noah, had he not trusted God and not been in the safety of the ark, he would have drowned. He would have been dead. There would have been no preservation. But because of his walk by faith with God, he was preserved and his family was preserved. You see, what happens to us is we set our own will and we go our own way and we say, well, this is safer for me. I know God's calling me to that. I know God wants me to do that. I know He wants me to release this sin. I know He wants me to to confess this. I know He wants me to deal with this issue. I know He wants me to live this way, but I'm not doing it. I know better for my life. God can just wait. He can have His parts of my life, but He can't have all of them. 
When you say that, you are out of the will of God and you are out of safety. Noah was safest in the middle of the ark. Nobody had ever built a ship this big. Did he know it was going to rise on the top of the waves? I mean, I think probably in Noah's mind, at certain points as the rain was coming down, he's thinking, please rise. Please get up off the ground. Please don't just stay here. Please don't be the anchor. I'm certain these thoughts were in his mind. You know, in your life, you're going to do the same thing. When the rains and the storms of life come and when the devil brings in temptation and your flesh gets weak, you're going to say, I don't know if this is really the best place for me. I'm not having as much fun as I could out there. Look at those people. They're swimming in the water. They're having fun. Well, they were swimming for a while. And then later, they realized that wasn't where the safety was. The preservation of the people, the letter B, the preservation of the faith. There was preservation of the faith. In chapter 6 and verse 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was just, was a just man, excuse me, perfect in all his generations, and Noah walked with God. There was faith that was in Noah's life. The wicked lineage that is mentioned in verse 2 uh, is one where the good sons of men were marrying the evil daughters of men, but Noah was perfect. He lived in an upright way. He married the right kind of person. Ezekiel 14, 14 says, Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord. Ezekiel, as he was prophesying, spoke of Noah, spoke of Daniel, spoke of Job, and said, Listen, these three, they were in it. They had it up to here. Job was in trouble. Daniel was in the lion's den. Noah was being asked to build an ark that had never been built before. They were in it, Ezekiel says, but they were delivered by the righteousness of their soul. Their faith is what got them through. You know, there's going to be hard times as you make decisions to walk by faith. But you're going to have to trust God as Noah did. Finally, the presentation of the gospel. The presentation of the gospel. The verse I read in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7 says that Noah was warned, but it was by this, by the which, it says, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Noah was a preacher of the gospel. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 says, God spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. Do you know what Noah was doing as he was pounding out that boat? I wasn't grousing. He wasn't complaining about the chores that he had. i got to go find two of everything. Do you know where these things are, all these animals are? He wasn't complaining about the task at hand. Rather, what he was saying was, listen, my God's good. My God's preserving me. My God is saving me from this, what is coming, the troubles that lie ahead. If I, as I obey him, God is protecting me. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is protecting you? He is saving you? If you do, then you ought to, as Noah did, present the gospel to others that need it. Noah preached faith in the Word of God. The ark is really a picture of salvation. In fact, 1 Peter 3 and verse 20 says this, "...which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water." The ark pictures salvation. By the way, it's very interesting how they got into the ark. How did they get into the ark? Well, up a gangplank and into one door. Didn't they? What did Jesus say about that door? John 10 and verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. 
By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. You see, you and I should be presenting the gospel because we've received the gospel. You and I, if we know Jesus Christ is our Savior, we've gone through that door. We've put our faith and trust in Him. Our lives have a different destination than they did before. It's now heaven and it was hell. We have entered in at that door. We are very much like Noah. And Noah knew that by faith God would preserve him. Go over to chapter 8 and verse 1. God remembered Noah. You see, when he was presenting the gospel, God was with him. Verse 1 of chapter 8 says, God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained and the waters returned from off the earth continually... And after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, upon the mountains of Ararat. Noah took his journey to Ararat by faith. You and I are going to be asked in this life to walk by faith to places we've never seen before. I am certain that Noah had no idea when the rain started falling where his boat would end up. But he knew that God was with him and that God would protect him. We live in evil days just like Noah. You and I need to walk by faith so that God can use us every single day. Matthew chapter 24 says this, Jesus speaking, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. You know, Jesus is coming again. Oh, I'm certain that Noah had no idea what rain was. But when it started falling, he knew it was time to get in the boat. You and I don't know the day that Jesus Christ is going to come again in the clouds. We may not see it in our lifetime. We very well may. Because the testimony of Jesus Christ is that the day of the Son of Man is going to be very much like Noah. At the beginning of this message, I chronicled, we are very much like the days of Noah. No regard for life. No regard for the sanctity of the home or marriage. There is no regard for God in the hearts of mankind. We are very near the end. God is coming soon. It is imperative that we live a life like Noah, that we walk by faith every single day. I would remind each of us here this morning that as sure as the unheard rain fell, Jesus Christ is coming again. Are you ready for it? Are you prepared for that day? Well, I'm saved. That's good. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But then in verse 9 it says he walked by faith. He walked with God. Being saved is a first step. If you're not saved, then you're not prepared at all. But at His coming, will you look at the Son of Man? Will you look at Jesus Christ and say, My ark that I built is not that great. I didn't preserve that many people. I didn't help find that many, many more people and bring them into the faith. I didn't share my faith with many people. I really have just a little rubber raft. Why not build an ark? Walk by faith. Follow Noah's example. To Ararat. Noah was ready for his journey, the final resting place of the ark, to Ararat, because he walked by faith and not by sight.